1: Hello and welcome once again to the Leeds That Podcast, ahead of Game Week 2 of the 2022-23 season. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by James. Hello. And Rocco. Hello. Coming up, we will discuss our season curtain raiser with Wolverhampton Wanderers. We'll look ahead to our away fixture with Southampton, have a little roundup about what's been going on in the world of Leeds United, and maybe play a little game or two. I'm joking, it's just one. Just one little game. Anyway, how are you doing, guys? Smug. As a bug? I don't know what the
0: phrase
2: is. I am smug. In a rug. Thrilled. You're snug as a... You're thrilled. I'm thrilled. <laughs> Not in anything, just thrilled. Thrilled, very happy, pleasantly surprised. What were you surprised about? Leeds winning.
1: <laughs> the tactics working. Yeah. I've just remembered what you're smug about, which is worse. So the tactics did work. Hey, I did my homework. Should start oh. with that let's hear it, Gagan, Gagan Pressing,
0: what, so, hang on, Fill anyone who's not listened
1: before, what you, what this is about, okay, so, if you've never listened before, or not listened last week, I said, I'm going to look up for homework, what Gagan Pressing is, because historically, I haven't maybe invested in, uh, or been able to say the words, Jesse Marsh, Well, and so, now I have decided to, learn more about what it is that I am supposed to be watching. <laughs> and I watched an informative video by The Athletic which referenced Gegenpressing. Pressing. So I thought I'd go back as a piece of homework and understand what Gegenpressing Pressing is. And it, it, it explains a lot, really. It, it just means counterpressing really high up the pitch, uh, which could also be seen as... Exposing yourself to long balls over the top constantly and repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, such as in the fifth minute of the game, if we're going to go through it in order.
0: That, that's such a leads that way. Maybe we should release a video explaining that side of it instead.
1: It's an accepted pitfall of that system. And I think, you know, when people said, oh, they've worked Bielsa out, and I, I, yeah, i not taken long, has it, to bring up. Bielsa. and that took quite some time or maybe not as long when we got into the Premier League to work it out but you don't have to work out this it's, it's pretty simple you don't need to be a Premier League manager because we can all figure it out it's, it's a narrow system with a high press that if you put a diagonal ball over into the area where we're not defending if so if, we've, if you, we've not managed to press you off the ball then you're going to find some space Simple's. Mm-hmm. It's mad, isn't it, how
2: we've gone from gaping holes through the middle of the pitch and now we've got gaping holes down the sides
1: of the pitch, which is probably less dangerous, I suppose. Well, I think that the gaping holes in the middle of the pitch were not intentional. Mm. And these gaping holes, I would argue, aren't holes because we have a a core, so they're gaping areas on the side rather than particular holes. But yeah, they, they are kind of an... They're not what we want. You don't like in an ideal situation. That doesn't happen any times in the game because the counter press works every time. But it is a likely byproduct of our counter pressing, gegen pressing. So's winning. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. And that's potentially how it has to be viewed because that was actually a system that we thought we were going to have to get used to before. It's so a we're going under the previous regime. It was we're going to outscore you. We're going to score, 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 and we will concede, potentially. And I think, actually, we need to get our head around that being a a thing in this, that we are likely potentially to score more goals playing this way. But we are incredibly vulnerable, and we did not play the best team in the league on Saturday. It'll be interesting to see, uh, quoting maybe Angus and Andrea from their interviews last week just how pragmatic we will be able to become further in those games where teams will have way more of the ball and will be honours and have the kind of players who will punish us every single time if they got through in the ways that Wolves did on Saturday. So that's Gagan Pressing. Gagan Impressing, that's what I would say. (laughs) Anything uh, new or quirky that you noticed about your match day experience, first of all? Because I think some people, like not everyone, but some people will listen to podcasts to recap what they've been able to do, but some people might be unable to attend games and digital tickets,
0: that felt a bit like Y2K, didn't it? Like the world was going to implode when we use them, but everyone's all right.
2: Everyone got in okay. Just big queues, wasn't it, but... I think that'll sort itself out when everyone gets a bit more confident in the system. We're all getting searched as well, not very rigorously,
1: but I don't think that was there last season, was it? It was an interesting search. Like we were like, oh, can we go to this? Because was an empty gate. There was a queue at one gate, then an empty gate next to it. So we always go to the empty gate and we just walked. It was like, no, 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 I need to search. You're like, well, here you go. I was searching. like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Just go. I'm, like, oh, I'm not sure really what they're paid to do. Uh, an interesting quote
2: for me was, um, before the match, uh, the, in the warm-up, the shooting practice was miles better. Like, there was scoring, whereas last season, no-one ever scored. It was ridiculous. Um, so that was that was a very good early start. I was impressed.
1: Um, my father-in-law was impressed initially by the new new mini-micro pop-up bar that we have doing Moretti's that have the machine mm. that uh, infuses the... A beer from the bottom, and we, we went to check it out. <laughs> so, this machine should be a self serve machine where you select the thing you want, it then releases the beer from the machine once you've paid on the contactless pad. But, due to issues that I experienced, and I'm sure many others do inside Ellen Road they can't get a Wi-Fi connection on the machine. And they had to pay for a man to stand with the machine to enter it into the machine, the thing automatically. Sorry, actually, manually. They had to do it manually. And a pound of Moretti uh, from this beautiful device is six of your English pounds. Plus
0: plus admin fee to look after the guy operated it. And the guy
1: explained, well, how does it do it then? He's like, think of it like a tomato ketchup bottle (laughs) so there you go (laughs) that's a squeezy one or an old-fashioned one the squeezy what not yeah the squeeze like that's the hole you've got a hole in the bottom of your cup or does he like a little seal
0: or does he does he mean excessive amounts of water when you first use it he didn't mean
1: well it's about as flat as a (laughs) bottle of ketchup but yes that was interesting and I think we'll probably maybe talk about this a bit later on. The interview that the square ball and Dan Moylan did with Angus Kinnear, he talked, he referenced that for now, the match day experience will remain traditional. <laughs> um, and I think maybe when we dabble into these worlds, although I used for the first time the self serve thing from like order and going to a collection point, and that worked really well.
0: So, so you look very happy when I was helping you put ketchup and mayo on. On your chips. That was a three-man effort. It was a three-man effort. <laughs> Someone... Doesn't not hold
2: the chips. <laughs> I'm <laughs> scared of that system. I'm not going anywhere near it. I just it's can't taken be me it's taken me a year to pluck up the courage. So uh...
0: <laughs> you can tell you can
1: tell the ones that are getting older. None of us want to use these new machines. Luddites was a phrase that I saw used today for people who um, have a plastic card issued by the club with a QR code on, but. I'm not throwing shade on anyone. You, uh, you do what you've got to do. Anyway, so we get in. There's all the optimism. It was great because um, we got to give a warm reception to a, hero- a heroine, a lioness. Wow, that yeah, was, that nice. Was, nice. It was really nice. Um, and it roused us so much that we went behind within five minutes. What do you put that down to? Other than the thing I've already explained. What do you put it down to? Christensen. Well, let's... <laughs> put
2: this, let's
1: Was that nerves? Was it like...
2: I think he was over keen. I think he... And he, he just got caught out. I think like people have described it like he was muscled off the ball, but I don't think he was at all. Not from my view. He just steamed in thinking he was going to get there when really he should have known he wasn't going to get there first. And the guy just sort of... Yeah, I don't know what happened really. Rode it or flicked it over him or something. But... Nah, that that was just that was poor. It was a bad start for him, felt for him.
0: It was a good game in the in for them in terms of well, we still got a result out of it, yet it was a big kind of um a big welcome to the Premier League. Like the these players in this league are upper level to what they'll be used to playing week in, week out elsewhere. Yeah, Rasmus, uh, Brendan Aronson, Tyler Adams, all of them really. So I think it's not that they don't have the ability to play with players at that level clearly cuz they played well on on Saturday but there's just a bit of time to get used to it and I think not glad that he got caught out but I'm glad we still managed to win and him
1: live through that mistake so it's like if you get a promotion at work and you suddenly work at another level there's an adjustment period isn't there and like your class has been identified I mean I wouldn't know speak from experience I just I'd assume that that's what it's like but Brendan Aronson did say that you know he essentially paraphrased and said, "Yeah, everyone's really good in the Premier League, aren't they?" So, uh, <laughs> it, it, so it was a bit unf- like
2: I think he's anxious as well. He wants to make a big impression, and, and you know, it, it probably did look like a fifty-fifty at first. But yeah, it, in the end, obviously, he's oversold himself. But
1: let's let him off. Tell well, you, he made I'll, up for it, didn't he? I'll tell you, look class all game though, Matt didn't Rock out of, out of, <laughs> yeah, Mister uh, Mister Rocker.
2: He, he was didn't great look out of place. No, he was brilliant i uh, i I really like him. It's funny because I said to my mates um before the season started that everyone'd love him till September and then he'd be hated um so yeah, I've clearly fallen into the trap because he was he was brilliant, he's got a lovely left foot, just like when some players pass the ball, you can tell they've got quality, and yeah he he was great, so
1: I am one over well done well that was that was easy. I was expecting some resistance. What about Tyler Adams? Did he win everyone over?
0: Yeah, he, he, he did the simple stuff and he did it well, didn't he? He did his job. And the thing that we've all questioned to this point is, can he do his job in the Premier League? Um, so you can't ask for more, really. I thought he was good. There's got to be an adjustment time uh, allowed for all of them and a fitness thing as well. It's first game of the season. They, they all looked tired at the end. And, you know, we
2: do run a significant amount. So I think Adams covered more distance than... Every player in the Premier League, apart from one, at the weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought he, I thought he got better actually as the game went on. I thought he was sort of a bit on the periphery at first. He was not really getting to to break up the play or influence things in there. But then, yeah, I think as the game wore on, he he got better and better and played an important
1: part in the winner, didn't he as well? I found the first part of the first half in, and the first part of the second half incredibly frustrating. I think having conceded early and seen what the frailties were in the system, when you're at that stage of game one of the season, you think, good God, this is this is going to be a long season if we're going to be. Let's not dress it up. Wolves might be really rubbish. They've ended last season on a poor run. they finished in the top half. You can only compare what's in front of you, really. They should be, really, a solid staying up kind of side. So those are the kind of sides that we're going to need to take points off at home if we're going to stay up. Ultimately, it it won't be, like last season, the fixtures against the top six that are going to be the ones that really define where we end up. So to come out of it, it, it with, with the win is huge. But it felt like all of the frailties were on show for a little while. But I mean, that's where the credit is due, that we really... Grew into the game in that first half and created decent openings, and the the goal was from quite a few of them. Being pretty much an out and out nuisance. Yeah, definitely the
2: the the character that the players showed was really impressive, and you know we've we've become used to it under Bielsa's players, and and the same with with the new lads. You know to to concede like that was the absolute nightmare start and. Yeah, they, they worked themselves back into it and and by the end of the first half, I think we we deserved to equalize and and things were working well. And like you say, that that equalizer was was archetypal Jesse Marsh football, really, you know, that high pressing, winning the ball and actually in the opponent's box, you know, not only Aronson there, but the left winger Harrison popping up, you know, right. Right centre to get the <laughs> the worst assist that there'll be this season, probably. Great, it worked. I think that's what I really enjoyed about the
0: pressing was that I don't I don't think people are used to it yet as well. Like no one really sort of cheers us doing the press or like gets behind us. You know, there's often times where you would see a, a player and you'd want them to put them under pressure and you'd be like, "Go on, go on, get get into it." But no, no one's really got that yet. But that's the actually the exciting part when we're out of possession, like quite high up the field. It's dangerous territory for other teams and I feel like Ellen Road, if you can get behind them at that point, it'll become it'll become a fortress. And that's what I th- I think they need that. The players
1: definitely, definitely need the crowd. I heard some people outside cheering when Fulham scored. I was like, come off here. <laughs> like unless you've got Mitrovic in, as your captain, then there's no good reason to be uh, cheering. I like I know it's too early, but every game is uh, equal, isn't it? But it feels like they're weighted heavier once you see where your season's ending up. But actually, obviously, every game defines. So I want those kind of teams to be losing every game. Like well, Man United or Scum, however you call them. Well, they're not having the best of starts, are they? But that that, that then annoys me because then I go, All right, well, Brighton have already got three points as well. Yeah, yeah. Nah, they're welcome to them. Well done, Brighton. I certainly wasn't cheering on those who play in red, but it is what it is. So, yeah, we've grown into the ascendancy. We've done really well. We probably, I don't know, we need half time because we need a rest in this kind of situation, but we we were in a good moment. Elan's made a couple of great saves again. I was screaming offside, but no one's ever said offside about that ever since. So uh, I, I assume it was just a great save. Come out and then we didn't seem to be able to get hold of that round thing. For about 20 minutes. I don't think that was in the plan. Yeah, it was crazy, wasn't it? I remember like the first time Leeds attacked,
2: it like felt weird seeing like the players looked really tall because they were so close to us. Like it'd been 20 minutes before I'd seen any players. Yeah, it was a it was a weird period. But yeah, Melier again, like you say, end of the first half, and then that save as well for header He's just brilliant. I love him. Because we were under so much pressure in that second half, you sort of forget at
0: times how close we'd did actually come as well. Like in the first half, Bamford could have scored quite easily that back post, and that would have put us in the put us in the lead. I think at that point, so it it was a game that kind of was probably more balanced than we give it credit. But yeah, I didn't like that twenty minutes. It was a bit like I'll tell you what though was it did feel like come on, we need to change something, and then Marsh did change something. Whereas I think before it got to a point with Bielsa where we oh, sorry we're going back to Bielsa. We got to a point where it's like you wanted a change and then the change came and then it was something really underwhelming that didn't make sense. Tyler Roberts. So, but, but, you know, it was like click coming in and it, and straight away that made us more effective higher up the pitch. That took the pressure off our defense. And then, you know, we got a second goal. So it worked. I think, I think for me that that's it as well is it's when the systems, not going right what can you do not necessarily fix it in those areas but where can you fix it elsewhere in, in on the field to kind of help us progress and score
1: more goals I guess and that's ultimately what we did I think the reason we keep talking about last season in particular is that we have such a small sample of games yeah. though, thus far under Jesse so We can't talk about defined periods because the last, the end of last season was a mishmash of those kind of players. There were still the injury bits and trying to get ideas through whilst consolidating and securing your place in the Premier League. So this as an individual instance of a game was our first competitive game with his players under his system in front of our own eyes. So it's natural to make comparisons. Whereas when we were talking about Bielsa, we weren't sat, we might not have been doing a podcast to be fair, but no one was sat, sat around having a chat about how it compared to Heckenbottom's tactics because no one cared about Heckenbottom's tactics. It was just dire football that, that provided very little in the way of entertainment. Whereas now we've seen something concerted for such an amount of time that it's natural to make these comparisons. But if if Jesse Marsh stays beyond the prediction of November that we had in the uh, 15th minute, um, (laughs) then there will be a volume of games. And if we have periods where form dips or really comes on, then we will compare within that. But at the moment, we don't have anything else to compare to. So that's why we say Bielsa every other word. And uh, I'll tell you something that that we didn't touch on that kind of almost defined the whole game of sorts in a nutshell. The really high pressing bit, Bamford's forced the keeper to almost dribble it into his own goal. Oh yeah. He's done so well. Pulled it back to Harrison who dwelt on it which so that's it's been a bit of a typical of almost everybody and then bang bang punt upfield there in. So he was like, oh, there you go. And I tell you if, some, if one of their players had gone down at the end of that move, then it would have been an absolute <laughs> game in a nutshell as well. So yeah. Um, but we did get into it and you've touched on the subs. How impressed were you with the substitutions that Jesse Marsh made? I was absolutely um, very, very much
2: impressed. It was it was brilliant. Um, so like the click substitution is is obviously the headline grabber, but like bringing on Gelhart, Somerville and Greenwood, um, I just think that really helped us see out the game. I thought all three of them were excellent. I think he did it at the right time. It's funny as well because I was, I was screaming. Well, not screaming, but I was saying to my dad, he, you know, he needs to take Bamford off." And he, he kept him on, kept him on, and then he he got the cross to to get the winning goal. Um, so I thought Jesse played a blinder.
1: It was it was really impressive. People often criticize Rodrigo for his uh, pressing efforts. I, d- I don't tend to notice that too much, and, and I know that you all have to be able to do it. And then his individual game is getting in the box and scoring. I thought he had a good game on Saturday. Do you want me to put some tumbleweed effect in, Paul? <laughs> no good. I didn't, think, I didn't think he did, to
2: be honest. Uh, I, didn't, but I didn't even think he had a good game when he scored a hat-trick against Cagliari. Uh, <laughs> so what's it going to take then? Well, it's what, just. Got, I don't know. Just There were so many misplaced passes and dwelling on the ball when he's got a chance to shoot. Obviously, when he did shoot, he scored. And yeah, thanks Rodders for that. But yeah, I, nah, I thought he struggled, but I, th- I thought a few of them did. I think collectively we did brilliantly, but like Bamford, I thought Bamford had a bad game, to be honest, apart from setting up the goal. I think he struggled. I do feel like when I go through the plays individually, I, am, I feel quite critical of them, but actually as a team, like I'm, I'm thrilled with them. It's a bit of a weird one. Bamford's
1: been out for a year. So is that mm. what's explaining that? No, no, no. It's second season syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You're going to bring that up a
2: lot, aren't you? That's going to be a, a thread yeah. until it does it. Until I do a, a, a typical U-turn and yeah, he, oh, he it, matched, so rocks, it. it?
0: I feel I feel completely different about Bamford. I thought it just showed you how much we've been lacking a forward on the field. Like doing the right things in the position that you want a forward to do, whether it's quick layoffs. Yeah, there's a few things that didn't come off, but there's a few things that didn't come off for a lot of players on on the field. So, But I think we've got this like real high expectation of Bamford now and there's pressure on him because we wouldn't put pressure on Gellhart. He's the golden boy, you know, it's like, so I do feel like he gets a bit of a rough ride and that ball that Jack Harrison played in to him in the, he like floated a lovely ball from the left in the second half. And he was so close. Like it was a cracking save by their keeper. And I just think that would have absolutely nailed it for him. And everyone would have been shouting about Patrick Bamford in that game. But as it is, we're not. And Rocker.
2: <laughs> Says he's got a second season syndrome. Well, there was, one in the, it was the one in the first half when uh, I think it was Rocker played a beautiful ball. What a player he is, by the way. <laughs> played a beautiful ball over the top and Bamford, you know, failed to control it when, when he would have been in. And, and maybe that set the tone for me. But I do agree with you. You could see the difference of having us, you know, just in being there, helped the team without a shadow of a doubt. Maybe that explains why I'm not happy with him individually,
1: but happy collectively. So his collective effort was grand. Yeah, <laughs> but his individual games. terrible shocking. But, right, so there's a thread. Then we've got the Rodrigo is poor, but scores. Yeah, cool. <laughs> you have to have a scapegoat, and uh, ours is on loan at QPR. So, why, uh, why, yeah, why do we need a scapegoat when we've won? <laughs> you, you, no, you you only need a scapegoat because it's a like a prerequisite. It's like you need a goalkeeper, <laughs> like. <laughs> you need a scapegoat so it's okay it's okay Rocco was lining up Rocker to be a scapegoat but I sent him a Twitter video of one minute and 39 seconds of him making glorious forwards passing so uh, that video is hilarious though because there's like loads
0: of passes where
1: he just I'm sure there's one that's a misplaced pass in it as well yeah but it goes to someone accidentally so I, I might not have included that, if I, but I don't have them kind of editing skills. So I watched that video in the end, and I don't think it had, which made me doubt
2: whether it actually was Rocker who played that ball over the top to Bamford, because that wasn't in it. Don't doubt it, just
1: embrace it. I will. Yeah, and then, uh, like you say, he's busted gut, got on the end of that cross, and uh, I had Aronson in my fantasy team. I still think he got a touch, but you've got to be there to put the pressure on the defender, otherwise he's not going to... Otherwise it's an easy clearance or the keepers. So he's been at the right place. It's it's his goal in all but name, isn't it? What I can't believe is how quick they were to take it off him
2: and like why they were even looking at it so closely to try and take it off him. Like any normal person sees that goal and they just think Ariton scored. That's it. Like, why do they have to freeze frame it to try and take the goal thing?
0: Well, Idiot. it's a, it's a great point that Rocco because VAR didn't even take a look at uh, Rasmus Christian almost being de- <laughs>
1: decapitated in the first half. tell so you did take a look. Tons of people on your cheeky uh, cheeky tweet, <laughs> didn't they? Did a good in there, didn't you, Jimbo? Yeah, there was a it.
0: few. There was a few tweets that that did well. Thanks for everyone engaging. Thanks for all our new followers as well. We went up to five
1: thousand. Hefty heights. That means that there's. The four we know about and four thousand nine (laughs) hundred and ninety-six unusual sorts out there as well.
0: If everyone paid us a pound, Rocco could have fish and chips from (laughs) Park Fisheries. Park Fishers. (laughs) Park Fisheries before every game for the rest of his
2: life, maybe. I don't know. If everyone bought one of my, well, all three of my books, then I'd retire. (laughs) Do they? Do they? Are they available in a bundle? Yeah, yeah, yeah! I'll do a bund- bundle deal. DM me. S- slide into my DMs, and I'll I'll do your deal. <laughs> That's horrendous. The cheapest
0: plug I've ever heard. Actually, they don't work as a plug. Too, they when they get paper, gets moist. They
1: uh, <laughs> bearers. You know, I learned yesterday doorstop. though. I learned yesterday that if you're using a stud gun to try and find out where your electrical wires are, and they're they're excessively crazy, like they're too sensitive. If you put paper in between, it will reduce the interference and make it more effective. So, if you want a cheap stud gun fixer, get Rocco's book. Any <laughs> of the three of them. I'd recommend the O'Dreary years. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the only one I've got. Unbelievable! It's a shipping. They've all sunk. They've all sunk on the way over to the UK. I'm sorry. What can we do? We'll get on to that. Because that's hilarious. So I think really all that we have left to do is vote for an MVP for uh, Saturday's fixture. Who, who of the rosters stood out for you? Most valuable punk, uh,
0: I would say Jesse Marsh for getting going large. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesse giving
0: it large. <laughs> uh, God, that was funny, wasn't it? I don't know what he screamed in that player's face who was flapping around on the floor in another video that did quite well on social media. Um, but it obviously irked large, didn't it? Because
1: I think that's what he was referring to. There's no proof, but when you put filling gaps in this, there's a there's a train of thought that he may have said that Huang is a cheat. And if you, if we were looking for evidence of this, we may look at any kind of correlation between the amount of time spent on the floor before... L- being Behind in a game and the amount of time spent on the floor after. And I think there's a, a bit of a distinct pattern. Anyway, so annoying out there. I got speaking Ooh. to two Wolves
2: fans after the game, and um, yeah, they said that they, they just find it completely infuriating. They think that they handed the initiative over to us when they started diving and, and rolling around. And I completely agree. I think it's absolutely pathetic.
1: Well, it's, it's that kind of have what you hold and back yourself mentality hope that you can score on the break it's just not what we're used to under either of these systems um that we've we've watched for the last few years one for one game and the other for a bit longer but it's just we've been ingrained to see different things and we just wouldn't tolerate that we got done in a way like that against was it forest at
0: home ages ago under bielsa was it they were a smash and grab weren't they
1: was um, it the, the, the away one? But it was definitely
0: there was definitely a home game, and it was mm. it was very much like that where it was yeah it was quite constant, early I think constant time wasting, and then they just
1: yeah they just got oh, wow. one chance. You are right. There was a foresty one where, anyways. Yeah, it, it
0: felt it felt like that.
1: You won't recognise Nottingham Forest now though because they've signed an entire new squad. Yeah, it's nuts. That isn't it. It's the way you reward players for promotion. Anyway, who's your MVP? Well, I was actually going to go for Jesse, but I feel, I
2: feel like I'll change now to... Um, I'll go with... I will go with Aronson, because, um, I, yeah, I think he probably was our best player. I thought he, he was really, really good. I think he's just so dynamic. And, you know, when he, when he receives the ball, he can just turn and he's away in an instant. He's rapid... He's good. I'm just repeating everything James said last week about about him in the friendly. But yeah, he was he was excellent. And, and he got the winning goal. So someone behind me described him as like a fish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in what way? I think Literally. just just because he's just yeah, so like uh, I don't know, yeah, w- wavery how he goes past people, isn't he? Uh, I love that
1: touch that was behind him. That he kind of yeah. dragged and, and then got into the space. That was he's gonna win over a lot of hearts. Yeah, we're going to be really sad when he gets sold for seventy million in a couple of years. We don't sell players for seventy million. We look at the broad average value that Manchester City play for players and accept that, or we sell it to teams for far less than that. Rather than ones that have actual money cash, we sell it on the basis of promises and pipe dreams and clubs who sue their own players utter utter insanity. But we can frame it nicely. So you you've gone Aronson. You went Jesse Marsh, which is an interesting one. I'll go oh do you know who we've not mentioned who definitely won't get this, Pascal Strike. I think he's doing a sterling job filling in at left back, but it's not him that's coming under the criticism. It's the fact that we believe that uh, that, that he is the solution there and even in the short term to a problem that actually a lot of people still think is a another problem by putting Furpo in. So I felt he did okay in what he needed to do and with his defensive duties, particularly given that he was the one asked to do the most foreign job to him. So I'll stick up for Strike. I like Strike. He can have it for me because without him, we don't have a left back. So he had to be (laughs) our MVP. Uh, Maybe some people would say with him, we didn't have a left back, but there you go. It's, It's an opinion piece and that is mine. News roundup. then, things that have gone on in the world of Leeds United outside of the game this week. So there were two big interviews with board members, with Andrea Rodrazzani and with Angus Kinnear, one with the Athletic and David Ornstein and Phil Hay and one with um, the Square Ball and quite a lot of interesting nuggets kind of came out of that and equally nothing at all at the same time. It not being disrespectful because it was a brilliant interview, but we didn't. There were no huge, it was quite polit- well answered in a political kind of way that didn't give away, oh my God, I, I had no idea about that. Does that make sense? I, being, I don't want to sound harsh because I really enjoyed the, the interviews.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, and yeah, fair play to them for, for coming out and talking. Um, it definitely made me feel better. Um, yeah, still some stuff that I disagree with and and I would pick them up on um I think a lot of the stuff that was said about bielsa I'm not sure that it's actually true I'd like to hear his side of of the story for example Razani saying that they both spoke about whether it was time to leave uh, at the end of the first Premier League season I think that's complete nonsense and he also mentioned about like bielsa constantly saying that you know his system will break up we will break a team it's got a sell by date I'd love to hear Bielsa say that I can't imagine he really thinks that it's his whole philosophy like I just don't buy that at all but yeah no I enjoyed it and fair play to them it's helped uh, helped my grieving process and uh, yeah I'm happy to flush it under the carpet until we lose to Southampton
1: James have you, you enjoyed
2: the interviews
0: yeah, I thought they're good. Uh, Angus Kinnear always speaks really well, doesn't he? He's like very, very careful in how he answers. And to be fair to him, like he's a Luton fan, isn't he? And uh, and he does. He's not just a suit. He does kind of get football and he gets what it's about for the fans. And you know, and I agree with everything that they said. The decision that they had to make was horrendous. Like, why, why would anyone want to, have to make that decision? And I, you know, I couldn't have done it. Bielsa would have been. Here right now, if it, if, it, if it was me, me running the club, and um so I, I think some of the insight was really good, and yeah, it is it is good just to get clarity on a few things because I think it's just been brewing for so. There's like when when things fester, a feeling and a mood fester with fans, it lingers for a long time, and you di- we did just need to draw a line under a lot of this stuff. It's like like you said, Rocco, there's not there's some things in there that you don't necessarily agree with, but
1: that's the way it is now. Let's just move on. There are a few little uh, contradictions, which I think you guys had an explanation for, but it was, it was the Rafinha one where one said he would not play for, uh, didn't want to go to Chelsea full stop, so he's going to Barcelona. And the other one said he's quite willing to go to Chelsea, but ultimately really wanted to go to Barcelona. So does it matter that they were not on the same page exactly, or does that mm. show
2: that they're not to be trusted? I think probably the situation changed over time, and yeah, when Rads was talking or negotiating with Chelsea, he was maybe open to it. Rafinha, and then he decided he just wanted Barca. I, yeah, I'm I'm comfortable with that. I think as well, it's like there might be an element
0: where to make sure Barcelona come in for the deal, it's like Chelsea are here, and they might, you know, he could be interested in going there. So you need to step it up. So in in fairness. That's probably done us a bit of a favour to get it over the line. So it was obvious he was always going to go at Barcelona. I think it was it, Chelsea was never really on the cards,
1: was it? I th- I well, Arsenal was never really on the cards, was it? <laughs> Jokers. Yeah. So I think great interview. Like you say, a bit of bit of closure, maybe on a few bits and pieces, and move forwards. Draw a line under it. It's a new season. Crack on. Um, people love talking about kits and training wear and Adidas, and have a real bugbear with the Adidas thing probably not adidas's fault but when you launch and awake it you're not meant to launch it literally into the ocean <laughs> although there'd be quite a lot of people who think that might be the best place for it um so having seen it in the flesh on saturday what do you what do you think to our little tie dye effort
0: i don't think grown men should wear it <laughs> but they do yeah kids fine kids they're into tie
2: dye and wacky colors and stuff I think it's the worst kit we've ever had in our history. <laughs> I saw it in my life. I'm not being sensationalist about that at all. I hate it. Like, I, I, in when I saw it on the on Twitter, you know, I, I didn't like it. Um, but seeing it in the flesh makes it. I think it looks even worse. I Think the like the shade of lemon, just horrible. And and like on the back as well. Like it, it's just like fully lemon where the number and the name is supposed to go so that looks weird like it's there's no consistency and it just looks just tacky and yeah apologies to everyone who's bought it although you're never going to be able to wear it so unlucky. it's pulse it's pulse yellow is the color i believe to be fair i've
0: said that it doesn't suit men and the men i saw in it it didn't suit it might suit some men and it'll definitely suit some women and children but the people i saw wearing it
1: yeah Probably shouldn't even go out in public. If you could turn it into a pair of trousers and wear a bum bag with it, and be somewhere in the early nineties, then it might be utterly I, appropriate as a piece I, of attire. I also
0: thought about the trouser thing, like
1: Mister Motivator. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, so they could have at least had the shorts and the socks the same. That was the one bit of the interview that I thought was the cheekiest bit was when Angus went, well, you've got your yellow kit. What are you talking about? I like, How dare you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think as well, it's like they sort of see it. They, they look at it in a very um, a numeric way. It's like these, mm. sell, these sell, so therefore it works. But it's like actually, you know, if you th- if they think of it as a business and a brand, you know, it's actually brand damaging. Like a lot of the fans think it's absolute dog
2: shit um so is it worth it for that financial take i don't know i I, i'm not like obsessing about having a yellow kit but if the yellow was deeper i think it probably (laughs) would look look all right but like it just i just think it looks terrible to be honest but
1: so you're throwing literal shade at it because (laughs) the shade is the issue
2: yeah yeah i really am and i'm not one to get worked up about kits and i am not worked up about it i just think it's
1: crap He's but, definitely worked up about it. <laughs> right. People people get paid so much money for these kind of jobs. And the meeting's gone like this. Right. They really want a yellow. They really want a yellow. But yellow co- as a colour just don't work. It doesn't sell. So um what kind of style will work? Well, tie-dyes in at the moment. We could do something with tie-dye. How about we take a shade of yellow? That'll pacify them and we'll put it in tie-dye and the kids will like it. And th- that's it. And then people have been paid the mega bucks, and then we've got well, we don't have the sharks, have got it and the the lobsters and other such creatures somewhere in the where is it south china sea anyways there you go it'll
0: Transfers. get it, it'll get opened in like 100 years time won't it you know like with, with like old
1: old relics well do you want to know what actually happens with these things it's really useful for science uh because if if it has opened and they've been released they get into the ocean currents and they go off in different directions and where they turn up Tells us a lot about ocean currents. That's that, isn't it? Happened, it happened with a shipping container full of rubber ducks, which admittedly may be better for floating across the sea rather than a bunch of uh, rags. But um, we'll see.
0: We'll I, see. I like the idea of them like floating their way to a, a little hidden island with a, a local tribe that just lives on it. And <laughs> yeah, now all of a sudden we've got They're this. Like, yeah, exactly. We've got like a, our own little tiny tribe of Leeds fans and then just by some coincidence there's a picture of Bielsa in there as well and created this shrine
1: <laughs> this little cult following in some uh, Indian Ocean island that's now just become a Leeds stronghold love it yeah i will go there on pre-season next season <laughs> depends what their human rights record no it doesn't actually does it um, anyways transfers transfers Relatively quiet. We believe that there is an experienced goalkeeper inbound. Beyond that, we're still looking at left back. We're still looking at a nine slash ten, if the right player exists. Rocky you got any recommendations? I'm just I'm just frantically searching for Andrea Belotti to see what the latest is. So <laughs> you go to James first. James, you got any recommendations, any thoughts, any any hopes? After seeing Saturday and seeing our our depth, maybe talk about outgoings. How important is it that we don't that click doesn't leave i really want click to stay
0: i think given the five sub role in the premier league as well i think he will get enough game time to play at the world cup so you know especially if he comes on he makes an impact like he did the other day so uh, yeah i really don't want him to leave i think he's actually really important yeah i definitely want click to stay he's just ace isn't he he's a he's a cool guy and beyond that he's
2: doing a good job for us he did a good job for us the other day It's uh, crazy that the bench on uh, Saturday was all kids and click, like uh, in the Bielsa days. Anyway, going back to Andrea Bellotti, um, very interesting. I've just Googled his name uh, and then click news. Um, Two days ago, Wolves offer lucrative contracts to Roma target Bellotti. Five hours ago, Bellotti rejects Wolves' offer. Four hours ago, Belotti to sign for Roma despite high wage offer from Wolves. And three, ou- three hours ago, Belotti's Roma transfer to be completed in coming days.
1: Um, what's that got to do with Leeds, you ask? <laughs> well, it depends. I mean, it's got a lot to do with Leeds because you've talked about it for quite some weeks now. <laughs> I wish he'd gone to Wolves and we'd have seen uh, how much of an idiot I am.
2: I saw Connor Cody's leaving on loan to Everton. Yeah, and he's a Liverpool fan, isn't he? That is so weird. Uh, the, uh, the Wolves fans that I was talking to after the game, um, they said that the club's in a compl- like they think they're going down, which maybe I should have talked about during the match chat. But yeah, they think they're in a terrible state and they say the club's in billions of pounds worth of debt, or the owners are. Um, so yeah, they're very, very worried. So I'm surprised that they've
1: thrown loads of money at Bellotti. Well, from one club in a terrible state to the club currently residing at the bottom of the Premier League table, we are visiting Southampton in a game week two fixture on Saturday. We head to St. Mary's with a head-to-head record of 147, drawn 21 and lost 28. Last season, we had one of the most awful games at their place when we lost one nil, I look back at the lineup as well. It was so disjointed. It was, it was an awful game of football. It was one where being blind drunk probably meant that you didn't have to remember it too too much, and the overall experience of the other day overrode the uh, awful football. Anyway, and then last time out we drew a must win game, which was frustrating. We drew one one in April um with one of those Ward-Prowse free kicks that I still you know I don't let things go so I still don't believe it was a foul anyway but there you go so that's Southampton but they dropped they did the opposite of us at the weekend they dropped points from a winning position to go on to lose 4-1 to Tottenham away there is a thread on the Saints web forum about the Leeds game already they they're not looking. They say that this is a must-win fixture. They say that this is their best chance of winning until basically October time. And uh, the quote that stood out to me the most was one that said, "Take him a little one for a first Saints game. Will be a good lesson to her that life is tough and often full of disappointment." So I hope so. So uh, yeah, Southampton away. What what are we thinking? I was just going to say, it's. Uh, I think it's a good game
2: to have. I think I'm quite pleased that they play similar to us. If the tactics cancel each other out, then it's just whether our players are better than theirs. And I like to think
1: that they are. Could be quite busy in the middle of the pitch if we play very much in the uh, formation that they do. And Hootel is of the uh, same pedigree, isn't he?
2: He once described himself as the opposite of Bielsa. Yeah, wow. He's from the same school as Jesse Marsh, the guy who was progressively the next step from Bielsa.
1: Interesting.
0: I've put us down for two on win. And I do and I and I had I had us down for two on win at Wolves, just thought I'd drop that in there as well. Just make, make sure everyone oh, knows we, that. We were
1: coming back around to that. The predictions bit was uh, like scheduled for later in, in the show, but we'll do it oh. now. No, I should have read this bloody sheet, shouldn't I? But um, yeah. I didn't. I didn't spend my well-earned time writing that for you <laughs> to just go off taste. But it's
0: but it's like Say that is like. <coughs> that's kind of my opinion on uh, on it though. Is that like I do think we'll win, and I think we'll win because we're a better team. I felt that before, like going into the, the season. Obviously, when we did these, that on paper we were very well. Not even on paper. In reality, last season we were very close to them and should have should have won. Now there is no reason why we shouldn't go into this game and win it. Yes, we're away from home, and that comes with its challenges. It's a long trip, etc. But we've got a big chance of doing it. And I think, didn't we? We hadn't got um, a win until October, was it last last season? I think yeah, if we can, right. if we can if we can get two at this point, it'd be unbelievable. So a point would be great. Three points would be awesome. And
1: losing wouldn't be the end of the world, but I would be sad. I've got it down for nil-nil. So, Sorry. Uh, I know. I think it was from my frame of mind that last season we drew at home. We lost away and I think we could have improved but only slightly on the previous one. But there's realistically predictions before the season. It's shown what me and Rocco are useless because we thought we'd draw the first one. So maybe, maybe James is right. I'll say it. Maybe he is. And Rocco, you've been more optimistic about this fixture as well. What
2: did I say? You've said, you oh, you said 2 1 as well. Nice, gone on, Leeds. I uh, <laughs> I thought we would um, I thought we'd get off to a good start actually. Um, that's yeah. why that's why there's a lot of losses in your predictions in the
1: towards the end, yeah. It's a prediction, not a spoiler. You can't celebrate <laughs> yes. it the <a> week before. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I would have been right, as would you,
2: Paul, if if the Wolves player hadn't scored a known goal. So yeah, we, we, we could stake a claim for one-all uh, on Saturday. Predicted that we would win more home games than ever before um, because we lost, uh, we won less than ever before in the previous season. So I'm on course for that as well. So yeah, another point in my camp. Is anyone going to Southampton? I don't think I'll ever go to Southampton in my lifetime. I've been three times. I four think, times?
0: I think I have been to Southampton, actually. What as a, are, you, are you talking about as a place...
1: You will never go to Southampton as a place.
0: Yeah, you didn't say, are you going to Southampton Football Club, did you?
1: Haven't you been to Southampton? Didn't you start a cruise from Southampton? Yeah, I did. So, there you go. You've just been James <laughs> busted. Right, <laughs> let's, uh, let's crack on then. Um, Fantasy Football League, I've talked about it a couple of times, but we actually we actually have one. Do we? <laughs> I, I Yeah, you're in it. Am I? <laughs> We've been auto enrolled. Tell us about it, James.
0: Oh God, I didn't know I was supposed to talk about this. Um, yeah, so read we. The sheet, man. I don't... Well, I saw the sheet, but I didn't know I had to read it. If you if you go to our website leads that um, there is a link in the menu to join our fantasy football league, which is. Um, hosted by PremierLeague.com. People that listen probably already picked their team, but just join our league, see how, see how you do. And we are also going to do some prizes at the end of the season for some winners, so we'll think about that. Let's be honest, it's probably going to be some uh, some of Rocco's books because um, he needs rid of those. Um, so yeah, go, go on there,
1: take a look, ask us on Twitter about it. We'll start posting about it on there as well you might not have, have to get rid of them because this winter there could be, there's going to be an energy crisis and they could be very good for burning.
0: That's true. Or just buy them now and use them as a fan. We've got another
1: heatwave coming. Yeah, it's a multi-purpose, basically, yeah. to get you through all seasons.
0: <laughs> once, you've done, once you've done fanning yourself, will they just burn it to keep you warm?
1: Well, I reckon fan it, read it, burn it. <laughs> Official, official leads that guidance. That could be the tagline. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Right, it's time for a game, guys. Go on, let's go. Are you excited? Yeah, I'll play yes. the theme tune. Oh, it's nice to hear the jingle. Anyways, so... Uh, for Those of you who are unfamiliar with the first handful of episodes of this show four years ago, um, was it four years ago? Three no, it's three years ago, but fourth season, yeah. Um, in this game, where did they come from? Where did they go? I'll tell you name a player, and you've got to say who we signed them from and who we sold them to, where they went when, when, when they left permanently left. So, I'll get let's get started. I'm going to give you one, Derek Lilly. Oh, oh, Rocco R- Rocco, you know all
2: these. Well, he obviously came from Greenock Morton, obviously, everyone knows that. Where did he go? Where did he come from Rocco? Sorry, oh. you spoke okay. them. Oh, he came from Greenock Morton. Greenock? I don't know. I said Greenwich last time and my dad pulled me up on it. No, I'm so. going with Greenwich.
1: Yeah, I'm I, I listening. I'll, I'll... Uh, I think he went to Hearts, I'm going with. He did not. That's fun. I thought Rocco was going to get every one of these. Damn. Uh, um, do you know what I tried to pitch? I tried to pitch eras that you might not have written about as much, and it was really hard because you've covered most of it. Was it a Scottish team? Could I have a hint? Oh, yeah. Hints. Okay. No, you need to head south. All right. Carlisle. Further south. Oh. Uh, and way more east as well. I like hosting this game because I get to do... Get to do a bit of uh, geography in it,
2: um, ah, maybe like where did
0: they come from? Where did they go? Could also be the story of our shirts landing on the island, <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, from <into> a factory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, did, did Lily go to Hearts Online before he joined Lincoln?
0: He <laughs> <But, laughs> <Rock, Rock>, is- <laughs> wants to. Do- <laughs>
1: That's the fun bit of this game because you you go looking for little little W's wherever you can get them. Did I don't know. You don't know, do you? (laughs) No, listen, I find out players, this isn't from my memory, this is from research. Okay, let's go Doncaster, Hull, further south, Uh, uh, Lincoln, further south, Peterborough, Uh. further south, you need we need to first. think. Um, Portsmouth, further north. He did go to on loan to Hearts, played four games and scored yes. one goal, and that was his first move after Leeds. I, I again, Rocco. Right, <laughs> let it go, Rocco. I've been incredibly clear on what the rules were right at the start. Yeah, but okay. Oh yeah, fine. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's, it's fine because it's, it's now my game, my M- rules. And M- K- all right, all right. MK Dons. No. They didn't exist. All right. <laughs> there is that. Uh, uh, South End. Wimbledon. No. Right, listen, we're just going around in circles. You're not I getting go, anywhere near. Go on. Oxford United. Uh. Ah. Yeah, neither of you knew that. So uh, let's move on to a, a more straightforward one then. Carlton Palmer. Hmm. Well, it came from it came
2: she- from Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Where did he go? Oh, I know. Do you know, James? Um, oh, well, I think I know. I'm going to say. Well, I, I guess I.
1: Like I think it's Southampton. It is Southampton. Well done. That yeah. one was markedly faster than the the previous one, <laughs> which I got. Uh, right. He's been to Southampton anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, Rod Wallace. Easy. Where did he come from? Southampton. Where did he go? Did he go to Rangers? Yes. Well, well done. It's, it's still all level, this. Still all level. It, because it's a competition, obviously. Uh, got two more. Peter Sweeney. Oh, I love this one. Oh, no, I'm going to be cut out by this loan thing
2: again, aren't I? Um,
1: oh, God. <laughs> I've chosen a range of players to demonstrate um, just how crazy our last... Twenty years of history has been with the with the ups and downs. Um, but, Sorry, God. signing Peter Sweeney at a time felt like a hmm. bit of promising. I think he came. Rocco looks like
0: Rocco looks like that evil villain. He's holding his eyebrows, concentrating. Looks like that <laughs> villain from the original Superman film when you do that. <laughs> Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. Uh, is it Lex Luthor in the original? I don't know. Just, I always, yeah. I always think of Lex Luthor from Smallville, bald. Anyway, yeah, well, he probably is. Yeah. Right, that's not um, a quiz.
2: Sorry, right. did he come from Grimsby? He did not. Ah, did he go to Grimsby? He did. Yeah, rocker. Where did he come from? That's the uh, question. He came. He came from
0: his mother's <laughs> vagina. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, God. And before that... <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, this is terrible. I'll, I'll tell you.
1: If, if me and you were Oh, playing... no! He went. He came from Stoke. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He did come from Stoke. <laughs> I love the excitement. It's great. Last one. Rui Marquez. Oh, jeez. Oh, that, that's it. That's... Manuel Rui Marquez...
2: That's hard. Can we just guess the country, if you like, as a starter for ten? Um,
1: Portugal. No. Angola. No good guesses though. At least you've gone with logical guesses. I like that. I'm going to go
2: for um, um, Oviedo as the it, team he came it, from. It, no, it, it it was Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rio Ave.
1: No. Boavista? Uh, no. Uh, James? I, you know, I, do you know why I said no? Do you know why I said oh, no? My, uh, yeah, yeah. My geography failed me. I was thinking of Malmo. I was thinking of Sweden. I read the, read the word from. So <laughs> I was like, was strange. That it, what was <laughs> he doing in Sweden? <laughs> Maritima. Crack it, I remember playing them um, in the uh, they're in era. We did. We so, an I and I knew that. Maybe I thought when we played them that they were from Sweden as well. Maybe I just don't know anything about anything. Mm. Anyways, where he went, I'm not going to let you dwell on this one because he never went anywhere. We were it. Really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Nah. Wow. I feel. Um, I feel you bad. Tra- Track him down and interview him. Yeah, well, it's weird that
2: because he played his last game for us in the promotion season. Um, Grayson dropped him after like, we'd only conceded two goals, but he dropped him after about eight games and then he never played again. And yeah, that was the end of his career. Jeez. There's Great real... quiz. Thanks.
1: Well, I you've... hope it was as fun to listen to as it was to do. Why do you say this with that tone every time after each game? Because <laughs> I, I think it, it, it had a bit of like, stop doing that. There's a little bit of like
0: annoyed with yourself, isn't there, for not getting them all right? I think that's part of it when you finish it on me not guessing anything. You did really well, James. I got Rangers. I'm just, I, 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 I yeah, I'm, I always feel the embarrassment of getting it wrong, whereas
1: I should just have a go. I sent. Him, in yourself. I'll confess this. I sent James a message saying that I think Rocco is going to spoil this game by knowing everything. So I'm just going to like lie about a couple of them and be adamant about it. <laughs> but it turned out you weren't as good as I thought you were going to be. So <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> what well, you- I was quite. I was quite proud of myself. <laughs> yeah. You, no, you should be. You did really well. I just thought. Uh, I just. Didn't want the game to be ruined by that and instead you ruined yeah. it by being really sarcastic about it afterwards, so <laughs> <laughs> Right, so let's finish with a word. Let's finish with a word for the week. Game week one is done. We're doing all right. What's your word?
2: As we enter game week two. Momentum. We have picked up picked up with some momentum and we have some momentum now and we're going to take it into Southampton and we're going to kill them. Come on. <laughs> that escalated. <laughs> <laughs> Turned into uh, tribal
0: crimes. Just kill everyone in Southampton. Wow. I knew this was coming. Why didn't I think
1: about this? Um, don't know. We've never done this feature before either, have we said?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say other than just continue, continue doing what we're doing, continue improving the players are good enough I think they just have to believe in themselves uh, a lot of that in football is that isn't it, it's like you hear of players that were rejected like even Luke Ayling at by Bristol City's tiny manager um, and it's all about self-belief isn't it it's like coming away and thinking that you can do it and I think the players will take a lot from, from the Wolves game and uh, hopefully they can continue in winning ways you made me start thinking this in my mind. Hold me closer, tiny manager. <laughs> Where is he now? Is he Sunderland or somewhere? Are we
1: on about Lee Johnson? Yeah, yeah. My word is Glee. I took a lot of Glee from uh, Saturday, and I'm hoping that there will be a lot of Glee coming up. And Glee is a really good, watchable American uh, show. <laughs> so uh, with a lot of lovely cheesy phrases so it reminds me of the situation that we found ourselves in so enjoy that one have a great week and speak soon Network.